Hello, and welcome to Delaney's Tea Time. I'm your host, Delaney Oaks, speaking with you live from the sunny eastern coast of Florida. My fabulous co-host and I are going to be chatting today. Um, This was so much fun the last time that we uh, decided to do it again, and we may do it more often. I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Christina Jaguer. She is an author of The Delta Two, and one and two, I should say, which she's shared on Books and Entertainment's blog. Um, she's also the one who keeps our show running, the chat room open, and the guests on the phone. Welcome, Christina. Please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks. Um, I'm so glad to be back. Um, let's see here. Um, well, like you said, I'm an author. I write under the name of Rachel Rubin. Um, I have a blog called writingbythesteamypants.com where I have a free book available where I talk about self-publishing and hopefully soon I'll be doing a social media book. And, and if I could just get that together, if life doesn't throw any more crap at me, I can just get that book done. <laughs> That's what I keep telling myself. If I could just get that book done. Um, let's see. Um, so there's a free book available. Like you said before, um, I um, – I'm currently live blogging for Delta One and Two on the Books and Entertainment pod, I'm podcast <laughs> blog. I can't believe I said that we got a podcast. No, we we do not have a podcast. We do not need any more podcasts. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Um, let me start that over again. Okay. I am um, doing for Delta One and Two on the Books and Entertainment blog. <laughs> Blog, um, books and entertainment at um, dot wordpress.com so if you want to go over there on the second of every month I would blog something a little snippet of Fidelta and uh, there will be a book three you know because I'm a masochist and I just got to torture myself <laughs> so um, and this time it's going to be a doozy because you thought the first two books were something Book three is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy, 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 okay? I'm throwing everything okay. in there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I think I got everything in there. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm also an author, mostly of romantic suspense. I have branched out into other genres, including sci-fi or futuristic fantasy, however you'd like to label it. Um, it... Uh, The fourth book in my Lone Wolf series just hit the virtual shelves back in January, and so look for the Kali on all online retail sites. I'm sorry, my brain is not functioning. It's not communicating with my mouth. I apologize. Um, Also, the fourth book in my Mary's Houston mystery series came out in December, so also be looking for Room 403. Oh, I apologize for the fact that I'm hoarse. It's been very windy for a few days, and it's kicking up dust. And I was out for a couple hours, and that was it, that was detrimental. I was around a bunch of other people. That's always detrimental. Um, well, anyway, awful. today, Christina and I want to talk about mistakes that authors make in promoting themselves and how we can improve. I say we because I am one of those people, and Christina is going to do most of the talking because um, I'm going to sit here and ask dopey questions, and she's going to answer them. So. Oh. Oh. There's no such thing as a dopey question, okay? 
Well, let's put it this way. It makes me feel dumb to ask some of these, but the fact is I know that I, if I have these questions, other people have these questions, or if there are points that need to be clarified, um, you're good at that. Everybody should have a friend like Christina because I can shoot her the weirdest questions, and she'll say, oh, yes, and she's got an answer within minutes. She's wonderful, and she doesn't talk to me like I'm a dummy which is also really, really wonderful. Oh, thanks. I, <laughs> you're not. I'm not saying that they should dumb. all be your friend because you don't need everybody inundating you with <laughs> questions, but they need someone like you who knows where to get the answers because it's wonderfully helpful. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So um, she had sent me a list of bullet points for us to talk through. So I'm just going to start with the first one. These aren't really in the form of questions. They're more statements. But the first thing she has here is follow the rules. And I thought you might want to expand on that to begin with. Well, a lot of authors um, are having so much trouble on social media and on Amazon. And I've seen a lot of them making huge errors in the way they post and the way they comment and just the way they present themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've seen um, some authors who've, you know, I know, um, gotten personal, like very personal on social media. And um, I've seen authors, you know, get into fights with complete strangers over nothing. <laughs> and I'm going to be blogging about that too. It's just wild. Um, like how to deal with, I'm going to, my current post is how to deal with difficult people. And um, holy crap, I've seen so much stuff in the past few months. It's just insane. So, and I'm talking about professional authors and writers, people who should know better. Because, oh, no. um, yeah, well, you know, and all the time they screw up, you know, like Facebook is going to, if you're cursing somebody out or threatening violence, Facebook is going to ding you. Okay. Yeah, they're going yeah, to um, send you a little warning and tell you that, you know, this is against our rules, this is against our policies, and, you know, people get upset when that happens, and they're like, well, but, 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 but nothing. They told you what the rules were, and yeah. not, only, not only that, they have, like, so, so many things that you can refer to. They have a blog. They have... Um, little videos on YouTube. They have they have like wow. a, a Facebook pa- they have like a Facebook fan page where they ha- like you know give tips and stuff to people. They have Facebook business, Facebook video games, like Facebook this right. and that. And they even have like a Facebook Facebook page for influencers. So oh, it's wow. it's pretty much out there right now. So um the the rules are everywhere. So Acquaint yourself with the rules because a few of them have changed, you know, like um, violent images, mm-hmm. um, over, overtly sexual images, um, you know, pic- pictures of children being abused or animals being abused. That's against, that's against their policy. You cannot post that. Um, for example, for me, I was retroactively dinged by Facebook. Um, I shared a, an article on um, – um, Nazi experiments on children, and oh. I was talking about how, 
and they had like a picture of these children, you know, um, sitting, you know, with these doctors. And um, the doctors had white coats on, and that one little boy, he had like no shirt on. And I guess the boy was being examined or something. And um, I, was, I was talking about um, another child experiment that happened in the U.S. So um, I thought that was very similar. They were putting, you know, uranium and stuff in everything back in the day. And I thought that putting, oh, yeah. you know, that putting that stuff in like cereals and stuff would help make children strong. So oh, I was like, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, but I was sharing that, and I, that was the comment that I made. I was like, it didn't just happen in Nazi Germany. This happened in the U.S. too, you know. And um, and um, I got dinged two years later <laughs> for, for sharing oh, that. Oh, weird. You know, I got a little ding. When I um, logged into my account, I was like, what? What did I say last night that, that got me dinged? And then uh-huh. I looked at the at the post and it was like from like 2018 or something and I was like oh my god (laughs) so bizarre one thing that they do that I'm glad they do though um, Mm -hmm. is that I I made some comment Um, I wasn't threatening to to kill myself or anything like that but I made some comment about I'd rather slit my wrists than do such and (laughs) such or so and so and I knew at the time it was kind of an edge comment, but the person I was making it to knows me well enough that she would get a laugh out of it. And I got this little message uh, with a suicide helpline number. Now, you know, I didn't personally need that, but I was really glad that they did that because they had a page they could direct you to that gave you a number to call, gave you resources, and I thought, now that is a really cool thing that they do. Then they'll turn around and they'll, you know, sanction me for something else that I say, and then they'll be mean. <laughs> but that was something that I was glad to see that they do. Uh like I said, there's no, there, there's absolutely no danger of me doing anything to myself. But for somebody who is having those dark thoughts, it's fabulous. I'm glad that they do that. Uh, yeah, me too. But yeah, I, I have gotten, I've gotten told a few times that, uh, how it was, um, I was advertising my book, Undiscovered, and the tagline that I used was someone wants Kent Griswold and mm-hmm. they were telling me I couldn't post that because it was hate speech. So I had to rework the, the the sentence and I thought, you know, it's just a statement from the book yeah. but apparently their um yeah. their machinery, their their computer algorithm perceived yeah. it as me being mean and threatening somebody. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's annoying. It's really annoying because it's not a person. People think that, you know, it's Mark Zuckerberg himself that's like banning them and, and dinging no, them. No, no, no. Left. no, it's the it's the machines. The machines have taken over because we don't know how to behave. So yeah. well, this is what that's we That's kind of true. Behave. When you see what some people post, yeah. it's appalling. Yeah. You were saying something about um, authors who argue with each other or argue with um, other people. Why don't you expand on that a little bit and give us uh, an example or two of what you mean? Okay, well, um, there was um, an incident recently. There was an author by the the name of James Fell, and he's um, the 
quote-unquote sweary historian. And his book mm-hmm. is called um, When Shit Went Down. And um, it's a book. It's filled with swear words, but it's history. He's got a, uh-huh. a degree. He's, a, he's actually got a degree in this. He's not being, you know, like, like a, comic, a comic or anything. He's just, you know, swearing in his history, okay, uh-huh. in his history book. And um, he got a lot, of, um, a lot of positive feedback from that, from people who, you know, don't like reading about history or have difficulty, mm-hmm. you know, staying interested or, or having their attention, you know, kept by a book. And he yeah. took that, you know, as a real compliment. But there are people who go to his page every single day and they're like this book has cursing in it i was like there's cursing in the title <laughs> you know what yeah. are you talking about <laughs> and they're saying um they're they're saying like really horrible things to him they're saying like you know it might be a good book if it wasn't written by like a 14 year old you know who thinks swearing is cool and i was like oh my god <laughs> And this was a young woman. This wasn't like some elderly, you know, old bitty kind of type of woman. Uh-huh. This was like a younger woman who's, who's like insulting him to calling him a 14-year-old just because he cusses. Wow. And it's like he calls himself the sweary historian. If you don't like swearing, get off his page. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's, oh. And that's, and that's not the only one. Yeah, that's, that's a concept, though, that a lot of people don't understand. You have the freedom not to read it. If you don't yeah. like something I post or you don't like something somebody else posts, you have the option to move along. Scroll yes. up the page. I mean, that's what or, I do. Or block you know? it, you know. Yes, or block it. Or mute you know? them for a, a period of time. I've done that when somebody's really gone on a rant or posted a series. Usually one post, I'll just go, eh. But if they, if they just really go off the deep end and po- post all kinds of, really bizarre stuff that I don't want to deal with, I'll mute them for a while. And if it gets bad enough after I've muted them and they come back and they're saying all this ridiculous shit, I will just not be their friend anymore and I won't follow them. And then I don't have to see the stuff that I don't like. That is very rare. I've done that with family members, not just people. Yeah, well, I can see that because some people have family members that are just, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yep. They're like, <laughs> they need to be committed. But, you know, like I said before, um, um, there's just learn how to use Facebook and learn how Facebook works before you get on there and start complaining to people, you know, you don't like this, you don't like that. You need to learn manners, number one. Number two, you need to learn how to block and mute, like you said before. Mm-hmm. You also, if you're seeing ads that you don't want to see, you know, you can change those. You can sit there and, and take the time and press those three little dots mm-hmm. and see, you know, like, you know, turn off notifications or hide post or, you know, whatever, or report or, right. or report the post. You know, you can do that. And I don't see why people aren't doing that. They just sit there and they complain and then they get into right. fights. And it's just absurd. It's unnecessary and it's completely stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> that is. Getting into fights for no reason is dumb. And it makes you look so bad as an author. It makes you look petty. Oh, yes, it does. It makes you look petty. It makes you look like you're attention-grabbing. It's just, you know, it's not a good look for you at all, okay? Especially no. if you're looking for an, especially if you're looking for an agent or a publisher. You cannot be going around just acting foolish. 
So I'm right. going to leave it there. <laughs> okay. I'm leave oh, it there. it's so yeah. true. I, I I belong to a I'm part of a very small publisher from Ireland. They're wonderful people, but I'm on Facebook. It is you know it says in my little profile that I'm one of their authors. So I'm not going to go around and say terrible things that reflect badly on them because that's not right. And, I mean, I know that I have a good enough relationship with them that I would probably get a polite warning first if I said something that was too off the wall or out there. But I try really hard not to because that that's a this is a professional this isn't just my personal page that I lollygag around on this is professional this is um building relationships with other authors building relationships with readers and publishers and everything i'm not going to get on there and say awful things and argue with people i learned a very long time ago that i have the power to ignore and I'm really good at that. That is my superpower. I can put something that annoys me on ignore and walk away from it. Um, and I wish more people would would do that. Um, all right, you said there were other examples. Do you have another example to share of this? Oh, um, well, this is the same author, um, James Feld. Um He was talking about his father. I think it was Father's Day or something. And he was... You know, he kind of, you know, proposed something really sweet about his dad, and it was kind of long. But he talks about, you know, how great his dad was. You know, his dad could do this and that. And and then somebody in the comment section was like, well, my dad did more. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is wrong with people? He's trying to be nice for his dad. <laughs> could you imagine? And somebody's got to one-up him. That's yeah, somebody's got to crap all over it. Rude. That's rude. Oh, oh. God. There's I don't understand people, you know. people like that. Yeah. And not only that, um, there's another thing I want to talk about. Um okay. there are people out there are people out there who, you know, they design chatbots that go around insulting people and saying crazy things. And oh. so I think sometimes these pages, once they get big, you know, the chatbots come after them. So, you know, they look normal, you know, like they're real people and they're not like fake accounts. Mm-hmm. So they start interacting with pages and stuff and with other people. And so you have to be careful and click on those. Oh, you know, if somebody's, coming, if somebody's coming at you like really hard, you should click on their little profile and see what the heck is going on. Because yeah. there are... <laughs> No, I, I'm not saying that every single person that insults you is, is fake. It's just there's a real big possibility that it could be somebody trying to, you know, nudge you into, you know, interacting with them so uh-huh. that they can get po- so they can get points with Facebook, you know, so that they, they get off the radar, you know. Wow. So be careful. That's, that's just really, you know, I, these things don't even occur to me. <laughs> It wouldn't occur to me to do, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't have any idea that that was happening. So that's a good tip. Um, I've been thankful, knock wood, that has not happened to me. Um, mostly, I haven't had conflicts like that. With, and there have been one or two over the years, but mostly it's all right. Um, I did have one woman giving me a tough time over the fact that I live in Florida, and she was being really insulting about the governor. 
And I didn't think that was okay because it was on his page, his no. personal Facebook page. And people were saying horrible things to him. And uh, I didn't think it was right. And I, I was very polite in what I said. And she went off like a <laughs> bomb. There was just this huge explosion of all this stuff she was saying to me. And so I made one final really snarky comment. And then I left. And I quit following the page. And I defriended her and blocked her and everything. Because I just didn't want to hear her, her bullshit anymore. Yeah. And I didn't want to hear the insulting. And I made the comment that... I felt that she was being really inappropriate, and maybe she should not say things like that on his personal page. I have no idea how she reacted to that because I no longer have anything to do with her. I had a similar incident happen with me. Um, there was this one particular author who claims to have been a lawyer, and this person was saying things that were not true. They were, um, well, you know, and they were kind of. It was more like they were trying to like stir people up into anger. Mm-hmm. So um, she, it was a female, and this person was um, saying something about um, this other country that our our country was sending money to, and they had like free health care and free um, university and um, university tuition. And I was uh-huh. like, "That's real. That's not one hundred percent true." And um, and she was just, you know, kind of going on and on and on. And she's like, follow the money. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, why don't you just go to the, the government website and you can see with their own eyes, like, how much they're sending to different countries, you know, like aid, <laughs> international aid and stuff. Because you don't have to guess at this uh-huh. stuff. They have they post it, and you can look at yeah. it. You're a U.S. citizen, and you pay your taxes. They put that stuff out there so you can see it. Uh-huh. And I don't. And she's supposed to be a lawyer, so it's like she you should know, know that. She knows something about research, so it's yeah. like I knew that she was either a not a lawyer or b she was you know trying to stir people not a very up good into anger. <laughs> yeah, she's not a very good. One she's a lawyer. <laughs> she can't do a simple you know Google search or nothing. So I was just you know, and she did this on multiple occasions. So I was like, you know what, you're you're done. I'm not going to sit here and watch you just like try to get attention for no reason. Yeah. And and, no. and I don't think it sold any books either. So I don't know why she was doing it. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a book from somebody who's acting like that. I wouldn't. Neither would I. Buy, yeah, I'm not going to buy a book, spend my money on excuse me, on something that is hateful or untrue or just is really confrontational. I mean, there's some things that I'll I'll read that are confrontational in different respects, but not something like that where it's just it's coming from a place of ignorance. I, I'm just not going to oh. do it. Yeah, um, it's just no. it's ridiculous. Um, another point that you made was don't waste time on social media. I have a plan and stick to it. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Oh yeah. Um, I see a lot of authors who, you know, they believe that if they get like X amount of followers that, you know, they're they're going to become a bestseller, you know. And I uh-huh. know so many people who have like lots of followers and they can't sell squat, you know. <laughs> I know somebody and um, I know a few people actually who like started mean pages almost. 
and they they get like thousands of likes and comments like daily and they're not selling crap so (laughs) it's like you know and there's a reason for that it's because you're not sticking to you know your brand and number two if you're trying to sell something on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they like suppress those posts intentionally right. because they want you to buy their advertising. They do not yes. want you making money off of their platform. So if you're not willing to spend or share some of that money that you're making with Facebook or any other social media site, good luck. It's very difficult to do. I even see celebrities now paying for um, – Paid promotion, I mean, paid posts or promotional posts, they call them. And, oh. um, you know, they're, it's like they have millions of people following them, but they're still using their advertising. They're still um, having trouble reaching people and getting people to click, you know, the, the ads and stuff. So, wow. you know, the natural. So it's like you know, organic posts, you know, they're not dead per se, but, you know, if they're sales oriented or marketing oriented, Mm-hmm. They're pretty much dead. <laughs> Those are dead. Yeah. Unless you're so good at marketing that you can make it look like it's native content, then forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Just you know, and that's another thing. Talking about native content, another big mistake I see a lot of authors doing is not knowing where they are. You know, they 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 don't know what neighborhood they're in, and like for example, like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is like um, a career-oriented website. And I yeah. see a lot of people up over there, you know, trying to post memes and it's like, this is not Facebook. You have to, you know, like really put on your best face when you're yeah. doing LinkedIn, you know, because when I was, you know, when LinkedIn first came out, it was just a website where you could throw up your, your resume and like right. network. Yes. But now you can like blog there. You can do like live video I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do now, and um, there are people doing teaching courses on LinkedIn now. So, really, it, it's yeah. <laughs> they have they bought some sort of um, teaching course website, and they kind of integrated it with their own company, and now they're doing you know they're getting in on that education game. So, wow, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting over there on LinkedIn. But um, if you're over there like promoting like romance or comedy or whatever you're doing. You might want to think twice, so you know, be careful. And like Twitter, or um, Twitter is more of a place for you know um, entertainment or infotainment that right. I'm noticing. So, um, and Facebook is of course Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a little bit of everything. But um, like sites like Twitch and, and um, YouTube and stuff like that, they're all different. You can't post on them the same way you do like on Facebook or, or, you know, Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to be mindful, you know, like who the demographic is over there. And, like, again, if you don't know who your demographic is, you're going to waste a lot of time just doing, you know, spinning your wheels and chasing your own tail. It's just, you know, it's pointless. So learn about the site that you're promoting on and mm-hmm. don't hire people who, you know, don't understand what they're doing because I see yeah. a lot of these people that are posting. They, they're you know they're do, they're like assistants or whatever. They're like from like different countries. You know, they're getting hired from you know like the Philippines and stuff just to like right. you know spam all over the internet, and it's not going to help you. 
you have to sit down, you have to master that that website, whatever it is you want to focus on. Most people focus on Facebook or um Facebook or um like I don't want to say Twitter, but you know, I see a lot of authors on Twitter. But um Facebook um particularly is not dead. I know a lot of people are saying Facebook is dead. Facebook is dead. No, it's not dead. It's almost at 3 billion people now. Yeah. <laughs> so they're I don't think dead. it's dead. <laughs> You're like only like um, 7 point something billion people on the planet and 3 billion of them are on Facebook. So no, it's right? not dead. <laughs> um, what is Twitch? I've heard of it, but I know absolutely nothing about it. It's like a live, live, live video um, thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like what... Um, you remember on Periscope? Yes. Okay, Periscope. There was Periscope and there was another place that was like, you know, it was like live streaming. You know, you went live and, you know, it was very short, but Twitch is more um, more gamer oriented. And there are even like some people who do, do like knitting. And stuff oh, wow. Like that. You know, it's, it's like very, very niche. And, um, um, TV is another big thing. Like there are people who like to, to talk about TV with other people, or they do like celebrity gossip. So it's you know like that. YouTube has a uh, live feature like that too, and um, so does TikTok. And um, TikTok and um, you know um, TikTok is like the biggest thing that authors are getting into now, and wow. I see a lot of them getting into trouble there too. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah, I, I can absolutely believe it, especially doing something live. Oh my God, that's uh, not just... only that. Um, not only that, but there's like this big hashtag, you know, book talk, hashtag uh-huh. book talk. <laughs> so now all the influencers are on book talk, talking about their books, and um, talking about book things related. And um, it's, you know, I don't know. I think that TikTok is, you know, kind of trendy. And like yeah. a lot of authors, they don't like being on, you know, um, on camera. And oh, yeah, that would I've, be me. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about TikTok on my blog a little bit, um, you know, like how to get on there and not like show your face. But, you know, it's got a lot of problems in my opinion. But, you know, people, you know, it's the next big thing. So people just got to be on there. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't get it. Um, but, you know, um, I know Colleen Hoover. She's like, you know, the New York Times bestseller for romance novels. And she's big on there. She's got like millions of fans on there. But she's Colleen Hoover. So it's like, of course, she's going to have a lot of fans on there. Yeah. But she spends a lot of time on there, too. And she just recently said, you know, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep writing a lot of books and being on, on TikTok all the time. So she's right. pulling back a little bit. And because she used to like post like, all the time, like she would post like her signing books, like for, for like no reason. In my opinion, it was for no reason. But her fans love it, you know, because it's Colleen Hoover and it's book talk. Wow. So it's like you know, I feel like a lot of authors are trying to jump on that that bandwagon, and I think it's going to be like the same thing with like Snapchat and um and Twitch and all those other places where it's just mm-hmm. you know. Chill out. Instagram, that's another one. I see a lot of, like, a lot of people oh, yeah. go to Instagram. I'm like, The one come time on. I went over to Instagram, it was all pictures of people's food. Yes. And I'm not <laughs> talking about professional pictures of their food. It was just, and I'm sorry, food is not, if you're snapping a picture on your phone, 
not necessarily going to look very appetizing, and it did not. And I, I thought, you know, if this is what's on here and this is what I'm going to see on here, and my posts are going to be interspersed between people taking pictures of their spaghetti at Olive Garden, <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not. Um, yeah. So I, I have hardly been there. I do have an account, but I've hardly been there. And I'm just... I'm just not interested in the drivel. And there's so <laughs> yeah. much drivel to sort through. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I took costume design. And the designer, the, the teacher that taught it was always talking about when you make a, co- um, you know, a costume of some kind that you want to really catch the eye or you really want to detract from something else you want to attract attention to a different feature because there's maybe a flaw in the costume you just throw a lot of shit at it so you put all the frou-frou and gaga on there that's what he always called it (laughs) and that's what these some of these websites are it's just the frou-frou and gaga distracting you from something that you might really like to see that might actually be interesting yeah that's another thing that you, you brought up a good point about the drivel um, if you really want to maximize your time, you can like use an app like Hootsuite or something else and create like little um, lists of people you actually want to see like on Twitter or Facebook or Pinterest or whatever. And you don't even got to look at, you know, all the crap on your news feed. I mean, I just, I love those features. So <laughs> I use, I try to use them, but I have, like I said, I've been, pull, I've pulled back significantly on, on, social media because I want to focus more on email and texting and things like that where, you know, the attention really is. So yeah. I want to, um, I want to get that done. And, and I just, I, I'm not saying social media is dying. I think you should have a social media presence. It's just, I don't mm-hmm. think you should, you know, focus all of your time and try to become like the king of Twitter, you know, because no. it's not going to get you anywhere because being an influencer and a lot of these authors, they want to be influencers. That's a job. It's yeah. a real job. I mean, people get paid to do that. And it's it's like it's not like nine to five either. It's like constant. Like you're you're the boss, and you have to be on there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's a, it's nothing to sneeze at. I know a lot of people think that they you know influencers just you know post whatever. They don't. They're really methodical. The more successful ones that are like selling, mm-hmm. you know, advertising. I know, like Kylie Jenner, for example, she's like selling like I think five hundred thousand dollars per post if you want her to talk about your product. So it's like you know, wow. it's a real job. It's a real job, and you got to really put some effort into it. So yeah, see, you, I'm you, I'm just a little bit too lazy for that. Yeah, I I, so I time just in a day. Yeah, and I just time. don't. I I look at things like that, and I think you know, I just don't care enough to do that. <laughs> Um, I am very, I'm very picky about where I spend my social media time. I do focus more on Facebook. Of course, I'm really comfortable there. I do spend some time on Twitter. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, I'll go to Tumblr and LinkedIn, um, to put some daily posts or weekly posts or something up there, but I don't spend a lot of time there. Um, Mm -hmm. Mostly because there's just nothing that I really care to see. 
And on Twitter, there are a few choice people that I follow whose comments I will um, reply to and things like that. But mostly, uh, I, I'm just not interested in, in spending my time like that. And with yeah. Facebook, I go on, I post for the authors I represent, I post my own posts that I'm sure I'm doing completely wrong across the board. But then I will talk to a few people, I'll scroll through scroll through there's several people, I I look at their things and I reply to their posts and you know, some will catch my eye and I'll say something or I'll give it a like or whatever. But once I'm done with that for the day, I'm done. Yeah. And I might go back once in a while if I've got a scheduled meeting with somebody or something like that, I'll go back. But weekends and holidays, I'm off. Yeah, I make it great. a job that I do, and I don't spend a lot of time there. Because back when I first started, I was all the time on Facebook. And yeah. I, I had no life. <laughs> I'm not willing to do that to myself. Um it was just it was too much, and now I schedule my shows through it because that's the easiest for me because email is the devil yeah. so um you know, I have three different email accounts, none of which I really particularly look at like yes there's an app for that too, you know where i think um I think it's slack where you can just like like forward your emails and you can just like access them through that one portal and you know I've been I used to do stuff like that way back in the day because you know I used to be an assistant so I you know was just constantly you know checking emails all day long so I that's just a little tip and you can share that information with people that you need to share it with you know so you can have like you know like say you you have a company and you need to like forward that to your your assistant You you can do that so I highly recommend, like, there's, like, sites like Slack, and, oh, gosh, there's another one that everybody likes. Um, um, gosh, I can't even remember the name. Um, Slack and, um, you know, um, Microsoft has something, and um, there's another one called Notion. Um, <laughs> and, um, huh. Christ, places that you can go looking for, um, you know, help for, you know, email and stuff. So if you're getting overwhelmed, oh, you know, yeah. try that out. You know, it's... You know, it's you know, it, it's you know better to just you know have something you know, kind of like you know like Office, you know like Microsoft Windows and Gmail. I mean not Gmail, but um, Google. They are really getting good at the whole um, you know coordinating thing and uh-huh. like working online. So you know, it's just like there's like no excuse anymore. I mean, it's just the game has changed. Uh-huh. And I kind of, I kind of appreciate that because things used to be so hard back in the day. Not, no website would like interact with any other website, so you couldn't like connect your, your, you know, your your Gmail account to your your Outlook account because it was just like not possible at the time. Right. So it was, you know, like you had to keep logging into this account and then you had to go to that account and you had to have oh, all yeah. the passwords and and it's just like it was, it was a job. And oh yeah. People. <laughs> I don't think people appreciate how good we have it right now. So it's, no, um, they don't. <laughs> they don't, and they'll piss and moan about this thing or that thing that it's so hard and having to do this and keep track of that. I'm like, 
dude, I was doing this before there was that, okay? <laughs> so just shh. And it's not necessarily younger people. It could be people my age or older doing the pissing and moaning. Like, have you forgotten? You used to use a rotary phone, okay? (laughs) And if you wanted to look up something, you had to go look at microfiche uh, at the library. Have you forgotten that? What a pain in the butt those things were. Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah. If, if you ever had to do research on microfiche or microfilm, but it was it was hellacious, and you'd have to scan through the pages. Then if you missed it, you'd have to figure out how to get back to it, and you know vertigo and nausea from the the stuff. You'd, you'd have to take Dramamine before you went to look at them because it, it was whizzing by so fast. It was horrible. Yeah. And now I have the world at my fingertips and I can type in a question and get 76,000 answers in a second or two. Yeah. yeah. And now with Jet, um, the, the new AI chat GPT, holy crap, has the game changed. AI oh, is yeah. just going to, it's going to take over. It's going to take over social media. It's going to take over pretty much everything. You think, it, you think things are hard now and, and confusing? Just wait until AI takes over. I oh mean, no! I did a, no. <laughs> I I too old for that shit. <laughs> ChatGPT. I did a, an article on it a few days. Uh, I think about last week or something. I don't know. I don't even remember anymore <laughs> what I did. Uh-huh. But um, I did one on, um, on ChatGPT and AI, and holy moly, it's uh, I, it's not at the place where where um, we should be afraid right now but uh-huh. it's going to go there it's going to get there so <laughs> i think in like yeah i start thinking years. terminator and i hear the theme song setting away in my brain it's really scary it's not, not going to be like that but a lot of oh, people are i know yeah, but i feel like you know machines have pushed so many different people out of their jobs now we're going to have a have books and crap written by them the the reason i object to that is one i'll be out of a job but two i don't want to be spending my money on something that was written by a computer i i just find that kind of offensive you know it's almost like call me crazy i'm paying for a book i want it to have been written by an actual person but true you know i I don't want to I actually purchased a book recently that was um, created through ChatGPT about ChatGPT. Uh-huh. <laughs> this author, he he um he made his book really cheap. He's he, and he's very upfront about it. And um, uh, the book was like ninety nine cents, I think. And um, uh-huh. he was teaching people how to use um, the the AI. And um, there was another author who did this. Um, similar thing, but he um, created a children's book with AI, and he uh-huh. started getting death threats. So, Oh, my it, Lord. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, he, yeah, I mean, you, you're gonna, he, any yeah. change like this brings out the craziness in other people. Yeah. I know. There was, like, a lot of talk on social media, on Facebook in particular, with artists who were just like, you know, you know, it's over, 
you know, we have to learn, you know, um, coding or something because this is over. We're done. And I'm like, no, you have to learn how to use this technology because if yeah. not, you're going to get replaced yeah. by the authors and the writers who learned how to use this technology. Right. I, um, this is very similar to what happened during the, the um, digital re- revolution back in, you know, like 2008 when Amazon came out with the Kindle. And Apple came mm-hmm. out with the iPhone. There are a lot of people, a lot of authors who are like, I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing this and that. And guess what? They're not around no more because yeah. they didn't want to learn. And yeah, I, right. we, started, we started out when, we, when um, Red River started out. It was like maybe, you know, right around the time that, that the Kindle came out. Yes. And um, there were still a lot of people who were old school and who are mm-hmm. still looking for age? They were still looking for agents. They were still looking for you know publishers and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. when when you would mention you know I'm going to go through KDP, they would lose their minds. Oh yeah, <laughs> they would start talking crap. They'd be like, oh you know it's that indie author crap, the deluge of crap. They would call oh, yeah. it, and it was like you know what? A lot of people you know like we were talking about before, Colleen Hoover. She was self-published through KDP, and she's now with, I think, HarperCollins or something. Wow. And she's on the New York bestsellers list, like, constantly. She's been on there for a few years now. She has not been kicked off that list yet. So I don't think, you know, the deluge of crap, you know, really happened. I mean, there is crap on Amazon, but, you know, there's crap There's There's some books that should never have been published, and had they gone the traditional route, never would have been published. But I look at it this way. That person has now been able to achieve something that may have been a life's dream. And I may think it's crap, and you may think it's crap, but somebody else may absolutely love this book, and they have something yeah. that they can show their children and their family and other people that they did and accomplished, and that's great. You know, it does kind of bungle up things for everybody else who has a quality product out there that's getting pushed aside for the crap, but uh, it's an equal opportunity for everybody to get their stuff out there. Yeah, and there's it. It really eliminates the middleman. Those yeah. are the people who got who got you know the acts. It was the yeah. uh, the agent, the agents, and you know the the people who um, managers, you know business managers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, estate, um, those estate um, companies that run estates for authors, they yeah. got you know the boot as well because you know you don't need them no more. So it's like you know. You know, it's you gotta pack up and go. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of agents becoming authors after that. They were like, "Well, <laughs> I saw quite a few of them," and it was just like, "Okay, you got to be kidding me!" Or they were trying to make money off of self-publishing. I saw uh-huh. this one agent. I'm not gonna say her name, but um, she was you know very big on um Twitter and and she was like an influencer back in the day before you know there was a term called influencer. She was right. an influencer in, in the publishing world. And she used to talk so much crap about self-publishing because it was going to hurt her job, you know. I understand. Right. But um, after, you know, she, 
uh, something happened and she's not an agent at that agency no more. And so she got involved with some sort of company that was going to help people, you know, like older people and people who were in like technologically advanced, help them get their books up on um, Amazon. Oh, and wow. she was, yeah, she got involved in that. And I was like, oh, wow, how sleazy. <laughs> just wanted to That's say that. Just... Well, you know, yeah. there's still vanity presses around where yeah. you pay them a lot of money and they will publish your books. And I saw, uh, I do this, this um, group once a week. It's called Fun in Writing and it's done through Council on Aging. And I'm not a child, but most of the people are older than I am by at least five years, if not more. I have one um, one member who just turned 93. You would not know it to look at her or talk to her. Uh, she looks like she might maybe be 80, but she's 93. And um, we had a gentleman, though, several years ago, also in his late 80s, early 90s, and um, he would write all oh, these god-awful books. They were so bad. They were just so bad. But he had always wanted to be a writer, so he was writing these books, and he's sending them to this vanity press and paying boo koodles of money, just mm-hmm. ridiculous amounts, because they'll, they'll, you'll send it to them, and then they send it back. It's been edited, so you've got to pay for the editing. Then you make the changes, and you've got to pay for any changes that you make. Then they send it back to you, and it needs editing again, only a lot of the stuff that you already fixed is still there, but you still got to pay them to fix it. And it was back and forth and back and forth, and he was spending tens of thousands of dollars on this stuff. And I could not convince him, because in his eyes, I was a child. I was in my (laughs) late 50s, mid-50s, something. But to him, I was a child. And he's looking at me saying, I don't believe you. And I kept saying, Cliff, they are ripping you off. They are making you pay for these. You don't need these. I will read your books and edit them for nothing. And I can show you how to publish your own books. But he wasn't Mm -hmm. interested in that. He kept paying them tens of thousands of dollars to get these god-awful books out. None of them were any good. They They were awful. They were awful. And he did like 15 or 20 books, but he was so happy to be a published author with a real paperback book. Yeah. And it made him happy, you know? Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's why they call it a vanity press, because it's a vanity project. It's Mm -hmm. a vanity project, which means that you're not, it's not marketable. So it's not going to be on store shelves. It's not going to, you know, be at the library it's just going to be, you know, you and your 10 best friends or your family. Right. We're going to get that book. And um, don't get me started on vanity presses because I just have oh. so much to say about them. They're still out there. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that because people need to be aware of what a complete and total nasty word mess up this is. Um, they're terrible. So, yeah, expand on that a little bit, because I don't think we've ever really talked in detail about these, and people need to know. Okay, well, um, right now, um, there is this one company. It was called Author Solutions, 
and mm-hmm. it was like the back in the day they used to talk so much crap about this in my in my author circles. <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, all the time something terrible was happening. It was something to do with author solutions. Either they did it themselves, no. or they have like they have like some sister company or some some other company that they're associated with. And it's like, holy, holy crap. Um, recently, um, um, Author Solutions um, solutions got bought out. They got bought out by um, um, Random House back in the oh day. My. And then like a few years later, there was like this class action lawsuit. That's just how bad this company was. There was a class action lawsuit. And um, they were alleging all kinds of things, like poor products, you know, like not just mm-hmm. what you were talking about, like the upselling and stuff. But right. they also said that when they would get the books shipped to them, the pages would fall out or yes. the covers weren't right. That was and one problem that Cliff has, and I'm wondering if that's who he went through. Um, like It probably is because it's like they, they have like so many branches of different companies. Yeah. And, you know, it's like like – you know, like romance and, and sci-fi and, 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 and you know, um, just memoirs and, and, like, anything you could possibly think of. But um, they got bought out by Random House at, right at the start of the lawsuit. I don't think they knew about it. And, like, a few years later, they immediately dumped that company. Oh, so that no. a lot, a lot about that company right there. Yeah. And it tells you a lot about Random House, too, because they went ahead yeah. of that sale. Uh, even though there was like all this negative, you know, um, negative press with them, they yeah, didn't care. I, think I would have done so. a bit more investigating before I plunked down millions of dollars to buy something. But, that, but they knew. They, Penguin Random House knew, and, and how could they not? They have Google over there. Don't tell me they don't. Yeah, know you Google would think something. so. Yeah, that and they have to me lawyers. Like somebody and was in somebody else's pocket and did it. You know, for a, yeah. Whatever yeah, legal reasons or something that they wanted crazy. to do something, they wanted to do something with that company, and they weren't very clear on what that was. But like yeah. two years later, they they dumped it. So it was you know they saw uh, something that they didn't like, <laughs> and they got rid of it. I would have so. bought it and shut it down. Is what it <laughs> yeah. That would be a better you, move. Yeah, I don't know if you were aware of this, but back in the mid '80s, Ted Nugent. Oh yeah, still a really big name, was trying to buy Muzak because he hated Muzak, absolutely detested it. So he was trying to buy it with the full intention of shutting it down. Yeah. And he kept offering more and more and more and more money. And I don't know if he ever did or was... You know, if somebody else was successful, but you don't hear that crap in elevators much anymore. You know? <laughs> no, you don't. So I have to wonder if he if he successfully did it because they had approached him wanting to take one of his songs. Like, how are you going to do the Muzak version of Cat Scratch Fever? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure I understand that. Well. Like I was saying, you know, just the the sleaziness of everything out there in the publishing world. Yeah, like I said, it says a lot about Random House and how they feel yeah. about, you know, authors. Because mm-hmm. they virtually ignored that lawsuit. 
And if I was buying a company and and I had a you know, I had to take that on, I would at least try to investigate and see what was going on and it, see if that yeah. lawsuit had any merit before I purchased yeah. a company like that. But they just they don't care. They just they're they're in the money game, so I mean you gotta watch your back. Yes, I'm not saying do. anything and I'm not saying, you know, that Random House is like the only company like this. They're pretty much all like the bigger companies, they're all like this. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to learn about the business. So watch your back, like I said before. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And for God's sake, if you have friends who are telling you you really don't want to do that, listen to them. Because yeah. perhaps, just maybe, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> I, most every author you talk to has some kind of horror story. Yeah. And if they don't, they just haven't been in the business long enough, or they've been incredibly lucky. Um, I, you know, I, I've i mentioned a friend of mine who wrote this book. It was really getting some heat. It was a, an interesting documentary kind of thing. And um, he wrote it under a pseudonym that could sound like either a male or a female. And he was going on different talk shows, and he was... Um, making tours and doing book signings and everything, and all of a sudden that just stopped. And then he turned on the TV one day and saw his publisher, who had encouraged him to write under a gender-neutral pseudonym, on a talk show talking about his book as the author. And the reason that all these speaking engagements and everything had stopped was because she changed the contact information so they would talk to her. She was stealing his money. She was listed on Predators and Editors, too, and was successfully sued and shut down. Thank God. Yes. I wish that site was still around because that was... That's behind a paywall now. Is that what it is? yeah, editors and predators. I think they're on Patreon now. So okay. they're the last I heard, <laughs> and, um, they they were having some issues, and um, and um, the the original owner died. So let me back up first. Yeah, the original please. owner died, and um, it was kind of like inert, you know. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, everybody was kind of upset about that. They used to be so good, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we have writer beware, so that's like a very close second. Mm-hmm. So, um, but writer beware isn't like a database, you know, like, um, you know, editors and predators was. It was the place to go. And um, another site that's good is like the Alliance of Independent Authors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're good too. But um, but like I was saying before, um, they tried to um, revive that and they started getting so many threats so they stopped and because there, there was so much legal crap um, so the, you know the guy that owned it he was in the legal profession I don't know if he was a lawyer or a paralegal or whatever but um, he um, he was you know the one dealing with all that crap and um, oh. he knew the he knew the law, so he wasn't really mm-hmm. that that um, easy to intimidate. Good. So you know, if you, if you sent him like you know a cease and desist, he'd probably laugh in your face. 
So <laughs> it was like, you know, it was just, that's how it was. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Um, but like I said, um, they have a Facebook page now. And um, they're saying that they have some, um, they're, I'm looking at their website right now. And um, it says, please mind the dust. Editor, uh, Predators and Editors has, has, has taken on some new staff, new volunteers. And we've moved to WordPress to boot. Things are going to change slightly, but we're going to carry on David and Andrew's vision while building what we hope will be a useful, relevant site to every single writer. We want to make sure, yeah, we want to make sure that whether you're self-publishing, querying, or working on, working with a publisher that you got the information you need. So please mind the dust. we have had problems with our sign-up form. We request you bear with us. Until then, follow us on Facebook. So if you want to know more about Predators and Editors, they're on Facebook right now. But I heard um, several things. Um, they're playing around with the idea of going to Medium um, uh-huh. as well as um, some other um, site that's like a paywall. So they want, they need people to pay. you know. And I don't mind paying for this. I remember there used to be another site. I don't even remember what it's called. It was so long ago. But um, I used to pay for that, and um, it was it was had like a database with, mm-hmm. um, you know, like current um, um, mastheads, you know, we call them mastheads, um, you know, with, like with contact information, you know, with magazines right. yeah. and, and newsletters and all that stuff. So if you want to write for, like, say, Sports Illustrated or, or in the New York Times, you can go to that website type in that stuff into the um, search engine and it would pop up and it would tell you like who the current editor was, submission editor was, who the marketing, yeah, who the marketing was, like how much they paid, you know, and and so on and what they were looking for currently. So it was just a really useful site, but that shut down too. So it was like, okay. I know. It was just, I can't even, because, you know, I've been through, I'm old. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen like so many people come and go. That is just you're not... old, but you are way younger than me. So just stop yeah. that. <laughs> I don't um, know. It's just okay. I'm done. I'm I know done that we have. <laughs> I know that we have touched on doing newsletters in the past. And this is something that I really want to pursue. But the thing holding me back, and it's a small but very significant thing, is how do you collect the names of people to send stuff to? Well, you, there are sites like um, MailChimp, MailerLite, uh-huh. and um, there are other, other sites, you know, um, that can help you. Um, let me see here. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of um, sites, like, you know, where you can download, like, um, e-books and stuff. But um, recently, um, a lot of authors have been going to Shopify. And uh-huh. Shopify, Shopify actually allows you to um, give out digital products on your own website. So if you can merge your, your WordPress site or um, whatever, whatever you're using, um, uh-huh. you could probably, um, you know, figure that all out and probably, you know, do it through your own website. But if you don't want to do all that, you can go through, you know, MailChimp and um, MailerLite and, um, you know, AWeber is another one and Constant Contact. Um, 
that's just some of what you can do. Um, you can also do it, you know, old school way, you know, just like, have, you know, answer the email yourself because I know there's some people still, they're building their own websites. They're, doing, you know, they're doing it all old school. And it's like, okay, um, I'm not doing that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing all that. Okay. Um, but like I was saying before, you can, um, there are sites out there, and I cannot remember the name for the life of me right now as I'm drawing a blank here. But um, I know that um, it's possible now. It's possible to do all this stuff. Um, like This is why it's so important to have a community where uh-huh. we talk about these things. I think we should probably bring this up, you know, in our group because, you know. I agree, yeah. Because this is like a, a – um, an instance where, you know, we should really be talking about this because, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't get talked about enough because th- these are like the smaller details where people get, you know, caught up on. And it's like, um, it's like, you know, email lists are like a mystery to some people, but the most yeah. successful authors, you know, um, they swear by their, their, um, you know, their email list. So it's, right. you know, you know, it, and that's the thing. Um, it's email lists are, you know, I, I understand that, you know, you have to like, you know, manage them well. You know, you have mm-hmm. to like call the list and stuff. And sometimes you have to pay if you get over X amount of, of subscribers. So yeah. I know that that's a barrier for some people, but if you've got over 2,000 subscribers, you know, that's a good thing. They should be paying customers in theory. So um, if you can do that, if you can, like, um, get people to sign up. Most people get um, get sign-ups through, you know, the front of their book or the back matter of their book. Mm-hmm. And usually they, f- they focus, you know, on that one book, you know, like the – they'll write in a series and then the first book they'll set for free or 99 cents, something like ridiculously low so that there's no um, friction. You know, they call it friction. You know, when you put um, blocks in the way of, of, you know, customers, you know, customers are not going to sit there and fiddle around because, you know, like places like Amazon makes it so easy to buy things. So if you got, you know, these little stumbling blocks in the way of your customers, they're just going to leave. So, um, yeah, very true. Can, so if you can, um, if you can get that sorted out, and um, and um, figure out like what's going to be your your um, your sacrificial lamb, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you can like promote that book. I see like authors promoting like the free book, and um, other authors are like, "This is crazy! You're promoting your free book. You're you're doing a Facebook ads for a free book. That doesn't make any sense. How are you going to make money?" Well, they're looking for the long term. They're yeah. looking for the email. They're looking for the email address for that customer, paying customer. Mm-hmm. So that's you know the thing. You opt in, and they give you the email. You send them the book, and that's that. So. Um, <laughs> A lot of um, authors are like, you know, well, you know, what if they, like, take the book and leave? And it's like, well, then they're not your customer. Because right. They were never, they were never going to support you in the first place. So it's like, right. yeah. you, know, you know, it's, you, you, you can't really argue with people like that. They're like people that are, like, um, hardcore. Like, I'm never going to, to ever, um, 
you know, give away a free book because it, you know, it cheapens the rest of my work. And that's not true. Everybody has an email list. Everybody's giving away free books. Get over it. I mean, it's right. I understand if that's your only book. If you only have like one single book out there, okay. Maybe like write like something small, like a little novelette or something, Mm -hmm. a short story. And then use that as, you know, your sacrificial lamb, you know. Right. So uh, if you want to, like, do it directly, like what I do uh-huh. for my free book on my website, I have a, um, a company called Story Origin. They do this for free, um, but they do have, you do have to pay, you know, if you want to, like, you have, like, X amount of subscribers and stuff like that. But um, right. Story Origin is, um, and Book Funnel is another place, um, but Story Origin um, I use personally, um, and you know, you click on you know on the site um, where the um, little sales page is on my website, and um, it'll take you straight there to either the PDF or to the Mobi or EPUB file, and you can download it that way. And you know, there's for me, I don't collect the email addresses, so it's you know it's seamless. So for um, like this is a lot of information right now. <laughs> I know a lot of people yeah. are like, okay, what's story origin? What's what's book funnel? What is all this stuff? And you were talking about Mailchimp and all these other places, right? But um, but um, like I was saying before, these there are ways to get free books into the hands of your readers. Mm-hmm. So if you just sit down and learn the technology and learn, you know, the business. Like I said, this this is a business. If you don't want to learn it, then you're gonna to have to hire somebody. Who knows all this stuff? So, you know, either get an assistant, because there are a lot of good author assistants out there who are legit and who have, you know, like the street cred, so to speak. And, you know, you can just, you know, hire somebody to do that for you. But it would be wise to learn to do it yourself, because how are you going to manage them? How are you going to tell them what you want if you don't know how any of this works? That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, and like they're going to say, and they're going to say, like, well, well, what do you want in your autoresponder? And you're going to be like, well, what's an autoresponder? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know. That's that's exactly my question. I mean, I know technically what it is, but I don't know in reference to this what it would be. So, you know, I am I am completely not quite in the Stone Age. I have discovered fire, but I'm still, I know that I'm doing Many many things wrong, and and it's just sort of hit or miss for me. Um, I know one thing that you have mentioned. One of your other talking points was that um, writers need to network. So, do you have some suggestions on how people can do that? Because I know there, are, I have connections, I have networked, and I'm always doing that, especially through my shows. But there are a lot of people out there who are new to this or have absolutely no flipping idea how to network. Do you have some suggestions? Well, number one, get online and start a Facebook account. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people hate Facebook, and you know it's not even about you. It's about reaching people. It's about learning. It's about it's about you know, getting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So I told, I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Okay. <laughs> a lot of these are repeats. But um, there is this author, I remember a few years back, 
she um she got caught in a scandal. Um, she was caught buying her own book. She ended up on the bestsellers list. She hired a company to buy thousands of her books, and she got caught. And the way she got caught, the way she got caught was through the writing community. <laughs> nobody, no. Nobody knew who this chick was. And um, so somebody, I don't know if they had a journalism background or what, but they went to town and started investigating her because they wanted to know who she was. Uh-huh. They're like, who is this person? Because I think she was a YA novelist. And the YA you know, community is pretty small. So yeah. They, they know each other. Everybody's kind of like, you know, you know, in everybody's circle. So it's, so she got caught and um, she was very unrepentant. <laughs> and she was just like, well, you know, it's very common, you know, and in the music business, they do this all the time because she was in the music business. And um, she was, uh, I think she was a manager or something for Blues Traveler. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and and um, um, one of the guys in the band, said something on Twitter, like, um, yeah, we got rid of her because she was always pulling stunts like this. And it was like, oh, my God. She got busted, and not only that, she she, she got dissed. So it was like, okay. It's, but like I said before, you have to, like, put yourself out there because people aren't going to know who you are. So if, like, one day, the reason why networking is so important is because, you know, you need people. You need people for everything. We all have yeah. families. We all have friends. We have coworkers. We have, you know, the guy we say hi to, you know, on the bus or on the train. You right. know, we have, we just, we need each other. And publishing is no different. You can't just, like, live in isolation anymore. You can't just be the mysterious mm-hmm. author because that doesn't work anymore. You can't just farm it out to, like, your agent because your agent doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Most agents don't care. They got other clients. They can't be messing with you all day and doing things for you. They're not your personal assistant. Right. It's your it's your job to go to, you know, like writing conferences and and say hello to people and, you know, and talk to, you know, readers and stuff like that. Because you know, eventually you're going to need something from somebody. And it's always easier to ask for a favor from somebody you know than from a stranger. Yes. Because, from, because it always feels like you're begging, you know, and uh-huh. it feels like crap when you, you know, you you feel like a beggar, you know. It's, yeah. That's why people don't like to, you know, ask for favors. It's just, you know, that's one of the reasons. And, like, um, I used an example on my blog post um, about networking, and um, there is this um, girl. Well, she wasn't a girl. She was, you know, a young woman. And, um, right. She was um, looking for a job on LinkedIn, and she contacted a recruiter, and she, she just, like, friended a recruiter, and just immediately, the first thing she did was, you know, ask for a hookup, you know, so to speak, and the recruiter went nuts on her. She called her rude, entitled, and tacky, and oh. this, this shocked the young woman. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying that the recruiter was right, but I understand why she might have kind of got snippy with this woman, yeah. with this young lady. Because they get asked, you know, for favors all the time, and it's always like, gimme, gimme, gimme. 
but nobody's, yeah. you know, giving back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you can't sit there and keep, you know, saying gimme, 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 because you're just going to, you know, get the door slammed in your face. Mm-hmm. And people are going to look at you, you know, like you're a beggar, you know, like you're always begging for something. And right. um, in this particular instance, that thing went viral, you know, that incident. So, um, and this happened where I live, you know, this, this recruiter was from where I live. Oh, I remember you so, telling me about that, yes. And so I understand, you know, like the the environment around here, the professional environment around here is very competitive. So uh-huh. people are not always, always, always be like, you know, sweet and nice. You know, you have to come at them prepared in a, in mm-hmm. a professional manner. So if you don't know these things, you know, it's going to be very difficult to get things done, basic yeah. things done. You're going to have to constantly pay people to access their network. And mm-hmm. that's what I think a lot of authors are doing. That's really wrong, and it's a waste of money, in my opinion, because you you can't just go through somebody else's network, you know. It's just, it's, it, you know, it's a recipe for disaster because if that person decides to raise their their rates, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, you right. can't afford it anymore. So it's like, you know, they used to call it the Oprah fist bump. Remember back in the day, everybody wanted to be on the yeah. Oprah list. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, Oprah's like irrelevant in most reading circles. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. she's still big. I mean, she's still big, but she's not like the big cat in town no more. You know, I yeah. don't hear authors saying saying that they want Oprah to read their book and, and review it. I just, I don't see that no more. So no. Um, <laughs> it's just not a thing anymore. So um, you're not going to get like some magical fist bump. You know, you're going to have to sit there and put in the work and build these relationships. And they are relationships. Mm-hmm. It's give and take. You can't just keep, you know, taking and taking and taking and thinking you're going to, exactly. you know, get to where you want to be. You know, it's just not going to happen. So there you go. That's the long-winded version of why you should network. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And even before we were calling it networking um, back Coon's age ago, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that anymore. But anyway, um, back many, many moons ago, um, you you had to have friends. That's how things got done. You know, Mm -hmm. it it could in in any business it's not just strictly uh in the publishing writing business it's in everything you've got to have that person you could pick up the phone and say hey i need a hand and you know hit me up when you need one and having that sort of uh, group of individuals to back you up is very important um i'm one of those people that doesn't like to ask for anything and and I could I could ask tons of people for various things. I just don't do it. Um, but I have had complete strangers ask me for stuff, mm-hmm. which I I find that just really arrogant. Like, why should I do that for you when I don't know you? And I had one person who was had asked me for a review, and I told him up front, look, it's taking me a really long time to get to reviews. Um, hit me up in a month or so, ask me again. Well, two days later, they asked me again. Well, two <laughs> days is not a month, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. I said, I'm really not prepared to do this right now. Well, then I finally took the book just to shut them up, 
took the ebook and I said, like, it may take me quite a while to get to this. And it did because I had other stuff I was trying to do. I had kids still in school. I, it was a lot of stuff going on. And um, every few days, bugging me, have you read the book? Have you read the book? Have you read the book? And I finally said, look, I, I've decided something. I'm not going to read your book because you have nagged me nonstop for almost a month when I told you it was going to take me a while to get to this, and I would have happily read your book and given you a review if you had just left me alone. But since you've nagged me until you're blue in the face, I no longer wish to read this book. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the yeah. appropriate response. Yeah. So. There are books out there about, you know, networking and like, you know, there's one that was really popular a few years back. It was called um, Jab Jab. It was written by Gary Vaynerchuk and he's like the the guru of, you know, social media. And he was like talking about, you know, just, you know, Jab Jab. It was like um, more like um, Give Give, you know, because right. he says in his, in his book that you have no right to ask people, especially if you have never given them anything. That's basically right. the crux of the book. And he like gives examples after example. And um, it's it was a bestseller, and I think everybody should read it, <laughs> especially those who think that networking is BS. So um, he's um, he, there was another book, too, that was very popular that was, his book was based off of. But his book is more about, you know, the 21st century. The other book was, like, written in the 80s or the 70s. So um, not, not like that stuff isn't still relevant, but it's just, you know, it's not – you know, modern enough for a lot of young people right. who, you know, may be trying to find a job or something, and they're, they're wondering why they can't get a promotion or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know, you have to put something out there. And yeah. I see this I see this a lot in the author community, too. Um, they don't want to give nobody nothing. They don't want to no. do no favors for anybody. But they just want to keep asking people for favors and to do this and that. And it's like, what are you giving? Where's your value? You know, yeah. <laughs> who are you? You know, it's like getting, you know, like, you know, those um, MLM scams, you know, like yeah. somebody will contact you from high school that you haven't talked to in like 20, 30 years. And yeah. then it's like, boom, like buy these leggings or buy these supplements. <laughs> it's like, I haven't talked to you in like 30 years. Why yeah, would I dude, buy anything? I didn't even like you when I did know you. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, it's just like, holy crap. It's You don't want to do that to people. So no. you gotta, you got to just... People don't uh, have boundaries. manners. Boundaries. You know? Boundaries. They're yeah, no boundaries. boundaries. <laughs> no manners. And they'll just... Do and say anything. It's like the entire world has ADD and and no filters. And as a person who has ADD, I look at these people and think, you're fine. You're fine. You're just obnoxious, so leave me alone. Um, I have no attention span. And as I get older... um, I have no tolerance for bullshit either. So don't – I am perfectly willing to help my friends. I am happy to help my friends. And if they yeah. should have a friend, like um, one of my one of our former guests might come to me and say, hey, I've got this friend who would really like to be on your show. Can I put you in touch? I'm like, sure, I'll be happy to talk to him. And 90% of the time, I'm making a new friend. 
sometimes Mm -hmm. they're horrible people, and I look at them and think, (laughs) why are they friends with you? Uh, Exactly. Mostly mostly they're wonderful, and I'm happy to do that. It costs Mm -hmm. me nothing to talk to that person. It costs me nothing. And it costs them nothing to be on the show except the cost of a phone call if it if it costs them something. And as long as we can communicate politely with one another, I'm all for it. Um, we have had a few guests who shall remain nameless um, who haven't been very nice and may notice that they have not been invited back in a really long time. And never, ever will be, because I'm not putting you and me through that. <laughs> yeah. We don't need that. They they want to be on my show. They need us. Yeah. We do not need them. So I... Just, you know, some people are just like a traumatic experience wrapped up in human flesh. They're just, you know, they just... <laughs> give, they're just traumatizing people everywhere they go. Like, the moment oh, they yeah. open their mouth, it's just... Uh, uh, don't even get me started on that crap because <laughs> I, you know, if you if you have issues and you know we're talking about mental health and Facebook, there are so many people out there who have mental issues, like basic oh, yeah. mental issues, and um, you need to get that settled before you try to get into the business world because oh, yeah. it may be hold it may be holding you back. Especially if you have to go out and promote, because uh-huh. then you have to go out. You have to go out and show your actual face and actually talk to people. And yes. if they find out that you are a raging lunatic, or if you're, you're like this angry person, <laughs> or you're just like, really, really scary, oh, yeah, you need to get that fixed because it's a thing now. You can like go on apps now and find a therapist anywhere. Just That's get right. it done. <laughs> so. There's no yeah. excuse these days. So, no. okay, I know. That was like kind of off track right there. I know that wasn't in our our show notes. But that's okay. That I mean, our shows go everywhere and anywhere, so that's not surprising. But you're right. And there are some people who are using, they've written their book as therapy, and I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But now if you want other people to read it, you're going to have to tone it down and take your meds. And please, you know, I don't mean to sound horrible and bigoted against people with emotional problems because I surely am not. But like you were saying, you just you've got to tone it down. You've got to present it in a in a businesslike fashion and not go crazy while you're yeah. you're communicating with other people. It's great that this book was therapeutic for you. It may not be therapeutic for other people. <laughs> Respect yeah. boundaries, you know? I know they're actually giving dating advice these days where they tell people, you know, if you need therapy, then you need to do that before you start dating. <laughs> yeah, before you try building a, a, a rom- romantic or or any kind of involvement, a relationship with some other person, you need to have uh, an understanding of yourself and mm-hmm. not bring all that baggage into the relationship. It and you need to understand em- I know. And you just need to understand empathy, like basic exactly. empathy. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, the basics. Learn the basics. Emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. I know a lot of people laugh at that. 
emotional intelligence is a thing, and it's a thing that a lot of people don't have. Especially you see those people, you see those people on the news and, and social media ranting and raving at like McDonald's, you know, like McDonald's cashiers and stuff, and they're like crying about their their chicken McNuggets and and like screaming at people, and it's like this is why. Emotional intelligence is a thing that you need to learn. That you cannot oh, yeah. behave. You cannot there's behave like that. Series of there's this whole series of things on YouTube called um, I guess it's from the Reddit community and it's R slash entitled people R slash um, what is it uh, malicious compliance and there are all these different things and people write about experiences they've had and submit them and then the guy will choose several stories and present them and he reads these emails that he's been sent and the things that people have been through it's just appalling and this is stuff that has gone on for years for Mm -hmm. years and i sit there thinking to myself you know if that had been me in that situation, it would have lasted maybe five minutes because I would have figured out some way to put the squash on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, like I said, it's just, it's a thing. Learn about it. Oh. If, you come from, if you come from a background, you know, where there's trauma or just, mm-hmm. like, lack of empathy, like your parents yeah. didn't really care about you, they didn't really raise you right, and you know they didn't raise you right, you're constantly going places and people are going, what's wrong with you? Like if yeah. people are constantly saying, uh, constantly saying that, it might not be them. It may be you. Okay. Yeah. So, I think therapy is a good thing. I think the greatest thing about this new generation of young people is that they know that emotional intelligence is a thing and that therapy yeah. is nothing to be ashamed of. So if you need, need to go get therapy, if you need to take mental health days off, do it the world yeah. will be a better place <laughs> with mm-hmm. less people ranting and raving. Okay. Okay, I'm oh, going to yeah. get off my soapbox now. <laughs> well, I'm right up there with you. We can both <laughs> shout and scream and shake our spears together because we're the same way. And, and you just all you have to do is go to the local grocery store and encounter some person who thinks that they're better than you. Oh, mm-hmm. I went... I went to the grocery store. I was just there to pick up a few things. And I was going down the aisle, and it's like butter and cottage cheese on one side, and it's beer on the other, and then you get a little further down, and it's more dairy products, and it's like bacon and lunch meat and stuff. And they were having um, a sale, buy one, get one, on bacon. And I happen to really love bacon. My entire family we're a bacon fanatic, so anytime I see it on sale, buy one, get one, I'm buying one, getting another one free. <laughs> I'm not stupid. There's this older lady standing there, and she's all done up in her perfect hair, perfect makeup, all dressed up, diamond jewelry. All right, and I'm there in capri pants and t-shirt and I my hair's up in a sloppy bun and I don't wear makeup ever and I'm just in a hurry and she was standing in such a way there was a cart right by the beer and then there's her cart there by the bacon and she's standing there right in front of the bacon and she'd pick one up and she'd look at it and then she'd set it back 
down, and she'd pick up another, and she'd look at it, and she'd set it back down. She had been there before I walked around that corner. She was still there after I had selected a few things coming along, and I saw the bacon, and I wanted bacon, and I didn't feel like waiting for her to have her zen moment. Just wasn't in my cards right then. So I walked up where she could see me. I excused myself politely. She didn't back up. Bitch didn't get out of my way. So I just (laughs) reached in front of her and grabbed two packages of bacon without inspecting it. Okay, I just grabbed what was in the front and went back to my cart. You should have seen the look that woman gave me. I was like, yeah, in her story, when she gets home, I'm the asshole. Yep, you know it. And I didn't care. Don't stand there blocking the entire display and act like Mm -hmm. you're shopping. You're just getting in the way. Yeah, she's going to call you entitled, too. Oh, I'm sure she is. And I don't care. And I had just eaten um, pizza with a cauliflower crust, so I know she she got a blast of that when I walked up to her. (laughs) And you know how much I care? Not one bit. Uh, Nope. I didn't have time for that. And there are times... I'm okay being the asshole. I'm all right with it. That was one Me of the times. <laughs> Other times I, I try you. very hard to be nice, but that was not one of those times. Just mm-hmm. I, I think of that song, um, Moo, bitch, get out the yeah. way. That one. <laughs> ludicrous. Yeah. Yes, that that's ludicrous. one of the songs that will go on my head, go in my head on repeat <laughs> as I'm walking through grocery store full of a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing and where they're going i have my list i know where that's located in the store Mm -hmm. and i'm going to make a direct beeline for that yep me too so i feel you (laughs) i'm that i'm that shopper too (laughs) you do not walk i'm that direct with everything i i do my best to be polite but i'm certainly not going to sit there and let somebody just waffle and yeah. fiddle about. I, I don't do that. I don't play that game. I'm too old to be patient with that shit anymore. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I do not disagree with it at all. <laughs> so that's how I feel with all this shit, too. I said all that to say this. That's how I feel with with um, people getting in their own way with mm-hmm. – um, with their their marketing or their inability to do this, that, or the other, or even communicate politely with other people, I I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I certainly don't have the patience. Yeah, I'll be nice up to a point, and then I'm I'm not nice anymore. You know, it's a give and take. You know, relationships are a two-way street, and some people, Mm -hmm. they're driving... They're driving on the wrong side of the road, <laughs> and they're going to get piled into. So very true. So very, very okay. true. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> but the point we're making is that they're nasty, entitled people in every walk of life, and it's just getting worse. It's getting worse. Yeah. And I hear old people saying, all oh, the young people these days, I mean, no, ma'am. 
No, ma'am, I don't care if you're but 70 years old. You're still acting like an entitled, bitchy person, (laughs) and it's not isolated to 20-somethings and 30-somethings. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Entitlement never ends, you know, for some people. No, it just gets worse. It gets worse. And And we used to call those people needy back in the day. Where they yes. were just constantly, yeah, they always had a need and somebody needed to do something for them. And if you didn't mm-hmm. do something for them, then you were the, the asshole. You were, yeah. <laughs> you were, and they don't, you know, it's, they're not even worth bothering with. You, they, they don't, they lack that, you know, introspective kind of thinking where it's like, you right. know, did I do something wrong here? Is, am I, the reason why this person is reacting that way. They just, yeah. they never, never in a million years. <laughs> Can't be me. And now they'll just look at you and say, well, just how is this my fault? Oh, I will <laughs> tell them how it's their fault. And they don't like that. Oh, gee. Yeah. So heartbroken. They don't like me telling them how it's their fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well. Um, that is loosely associated with what we were talking about. <laughs> Maybe not entirely, but that's okay because that's where our shows go. Um, oh, I had something else I was going to ask you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Because we're getting into okay. our last 20 minutes or so. Yeah, well, let me end this with the reason why we market in the first place and that's Mm -hmm. your audience your audience should come first when you do your marketing Mm -hmm. if it's not fun if it's not fun or if it's not interesting to them don't do it period don't do a newsletter if it's not going to be interesting don't do social media if you're not going to include them or you know like we said before network (laughs) yes Um, your audience needs to come first because if you don't consider them you're just going to be spinning your wheels so I just you need to learn their likes and their dislikes for example you know in romance you know those sweet romance um, genres there are people you know you can't be running around cussing like a sailor you know (laughs) like like James Fell like we were talking about before that author James Fell you can't be the sweary person on social media you know they're not going to, you know, be into that. It will turn them away. Yes. So um, with a lot of um, authors, I see, you know, like their their timelines are pretty boring. And I'm, I'm guilty of this as well because, you know, like I said, I've given up on social media. But, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, if their timelines are boring, I can only imagine what their email list is. So <laughs> it's going to, you know, it's like you, there's – you know, like I said, it's part of becoming a community. That's one reason why you need to become part of a community so that you learn about what the other people are talking about, what their likes and their dislikes are, so you can study the field, the the genre that you're in, your demographic, mm-hmm. per se. So, um, for example, you know, like we're, I'm going to pick on James Fald again. So um, he, when he, um, like I was saying before, on his Facebook page, he likes to, you know, like um, talk about history, and sometimes he really goes into some subjects, and that's his 
demographic though, his history. So like yeah. say you do like say you're you know, you're doing um historical put some little historical facts that you excluded from your mm-hmm. book into your, your newsletter or your e your um social media and try to make that fun, you know? Or like do a poll, like like give like a little quiz or something, you know, like be interactive. Talk to them. And talk, don't just talk at them, but talk to them and get to them on their level. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of, that's a really huge mistake I see authors doing right now is they like go places. They don't know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're there just to promote themselves per se. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not Kim Kardashian. You know, nobody's going to be interested in what you're doing. Yeah. So even Kar- <laughs> like even Kim Kardashian, like back in the day, she um she was very mindful of her image. You know, yeah. um I don't know I don't know if you know this about her like everything I know about the Kardashians I've learned through force. It was forcefully put upon me. Yeah. The media won't won't shut up about them. People on social media won't shut up about them. I got friends that talk about them and I I'm overwhelmed with it. But Kim Kardashian, she started out on T V as Paris Hilton's assistant. So she was on TV um, um, organizing her closet in one of an episode of that that crappy show she used to do, mm-hmm. the Paris Hilton show that she did with um, oh, that girl. Gee, yes, I can't even remember her name. Nicole Richie. <laughs> oh, that that one. Yes, yes. And um, then she, um, I guess she saw that that wasn't enough. Like being besties with famous people and dating famous people wasn't enough. So she went and did she went did a sex tape, and then um, that kind of blew up the internet. And the way she reacted it, reacted to it in such a public manner, got uh-huh. the media's attention. Right. So once the, the media, you know, caught on to it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, her name is everywhere, and so she sets up, you know, a social media account because now she's famous. <laughs> you know, it sounds crazy, but it's true. And I remember um, on um, Twitter, she was like one of the first people to get like a million um, followers. So wow. she was a big deal back in the day. And mm-hmm. and um, but what I see her doing right is she took that fame. A lot of people like disrespect her and say, you know, well she got to where she was on her back. And it's like, yeah. well, she yes, that's true, but um, she didn't stay on her back. And that's the thing. She's always on social media responding. She'll like mm-hmm. comments from people, and she'll talk back to her fans, just like, you know, Lady Gaga and all the other celebrities. Right. So if you're not doing that, if people are, like, reaching out and, like, trying to interact with you and you're not responding, it's like, why are you there? You know, even exactly. Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, she's, like, you know, if you say her name, immediately you think of narcissist, you think oh, yeah. of arrogance, yeah, all the selfies and, and like, the, oh, yes. the, oh, the posing, the posing with the designer stuff and just, you know, that stuff. And um, she's, she's very mindful of her reputation. I know it seems like, you know, it's not like that at all, but she's very calculating. And people mm-hmm. say this all the time about her, but she understands that it's the fans. 
and not her antics. I mean, she can do, like, all the antics she wants, but if mm-hmm. she's not engaged with it, you know, it's like Madonna. You know, Madonna's the same way. She's constantly, like, you know, out there doing crazy things, but she interacts with her fans. You have to do the same thing, even if you've only got, like, one or two people who are talking to you. So, mm-hmm. even, you know, I noticed that, you know, um, a lot of authors, they don't do that. They'll, like, especially if, if you know, the, the person who is commenting is saying something that they don't agree with, they'll just right. leave it alone, which mm-hmm. I okay, sometimes you do need to leave things alone. But just, you know, hit that like button just to see, let them know that you saw them. Because that yeah. means a lot to people. That means Even a lot to people. Even if it's just to say, I'm sorry that you feel that way, you know. Um, but don't don't sit there and, like, not interact. Because that's part of social media. It's right. socializing. I know. That's the part that exactly. I don't like about it. It seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, true. It's. It, I know there are a lot of people, they hate social media, and they want to get around the complicated crap, but connecting is the job. It's right. why you're working. It's your work. You know, you're connecting through your work, your book. Mm-hmm. So if you can connect through a book, you should be able to do it through social media, in theory. Yeah. So that's how I feel about that. I mean, if you're going to post things, post things that will connect, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm writing this social media book, um, and I'm using examples, real world, I can't even say <laughs> real world examples. Um, but um, I'm taking, and I'm kind of like turning them around because they're celebrity things, and there's like some political things and some religious things. that You can talk about all those things and still, you know, not have it turn into a fart fest, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just, you have to be mindful of what you're saying and like how you say it. Uh-huh. And I, I understand that there are going to be some people who are going to take what you say and just twist it and, and make it, you know, be about them and about their personal problems. And you can't fall for that. That's a trick. No. It's a distraction. And that's the, another thing. You need to have a message <laughs> and a brand. And this is where the whole marketing thing gets complicated. Yeah. So, um, so like, I, I use Kim Kardashian as an example because she is just, like, the ultimate when it comes to millennials because she got yeah. it right. She took, yeah. she took what she had and she made it into something. And it's, it's not the antics. It's the basics. She never forgot the fundamentals, and that was mm-hmm. the fans. So, and the same thing with Madonna, same thing with Michael Jackson and, and Rihanna and all of them. They know it's about the fans. Yeah. So, so if you, you know, and connect, there's some people who are just they're too good to give autographs or have pictures taken yeah. or something. Those are the people who aren't still, you know, they're not at the top anymore. Because mm-hmm. they won't stop, and they'll be even really nasty. There's some famous people who will be really nasty to fans who come up to, and ask them for an autograph. And mm-hmm. you can't do that. If somebody, if somebody likes you well enough to come up and ask you, and that's not easy to do, that can be quite mm-hmm. terrifying, um, then be nice to them. 
And, you know, and if it's not a good time to spend a lot of time, say, well, I can do this for you real quick, but I've, I've got somewhere I need to go. But be nice and be honest and, and mm-hmm. do at least the minimum that you can do politely before you have to leave. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand it because you are nothing without your fans. Mm-hmm. If, well, if you don't have fans, it's like who are you going to sell to? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. That was something that Sylvester Stallone figured out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like once you get fans, you have to figure out what to do with them. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the part. That's where this um, social media book that I'm writing, I want to sort of get past the whole, you know, this is how you set up a Facebook page. This is how you, you, you um, pose for a, a social media profile pic. That's not where I'm going. It's about, okay, so you got a few followers now. What do you say? <laughs> so, yeah. And how do you say it? And how do you say it? And what tools do you use? And, you know, do, who do you network with? Mm. And things like that. Um, I hope that, you know, in the future we'll get a little bit better at it. But... Um, for now, what I see when I go on social media, I constantly see the same mistakes over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like I really want to just sit down and let them know that, you know, just because you post something on social media it doesn't mean that you marketed your book. Yeah. So, it's complicated than that. It's, it's, you know, it's the basics. It's connecting. It's always going to be connecting. Either you connect to your book and your, you know, and on top of that, your newsletters and your um, your social media and your you know your interviews. If you do podcasts like this one, or if mm-hmm. you go on TV, you have to connect, and that's that's the really hard part is like go taking it from the book and bringing it out into the real world. Right. And they they say like once you finish the book, that's like half the job. I don't even think that's half the job. I think it's like ten percent now. I think <laughs> they, so. <laughs> I know. It's like you got to know so much these days. It's just insane. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in a few years. You know, like we we're saying, AI is going to take over, and it's like, what the hell are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, I know several authors who have gone so far as to get degrees in marketing just yeah, so they too. know how to present their books. And yeah, it's difficult. It's complicated. It is. It is, and even after they get the marketing degrees, they're still floundering because now they've had so many years of having to do school and marketing-oriented stuff, and then their books just kind of get, you know, they're just yeah. kind of getting pushed aside, and I really feel bad for those people. I know two or three that even went so far as to get their PhDs in it. Oh, wow. And I, I can't help wondering how that's paid off for them. It probably didn't because a degree. No, probably not. Right now, Google has like a free course on marketing. So you oh, can wow. go to Google for, for free. They have like this thing called the Digital Garage or something, the Google Garage. I don't know what it's called. But they have like marketing and advertising and AI, uh, like everything over there for free. So wow. It's like. You can take, like, free marketing classes pretty much anywhere these days. Like, even on YouTube, you can find, like, professors lecturing on YouTube. It's crazy mm-hmm. out there now. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, information is everywhere now, and, it's like, 
we're being inundated with information, so we, now we got to yeah. process it. And I think that's another thing. If you can process like all the crap that's out there and help people, like get wave their way through it, you're gold. That's oh, yeah. part of your market. You can add that part of your marketing, you know. So, be useful, and that's another thing that will attract people: is being useful, being friendly, and being responsive. Yeah. There you go. So there, I wrapped up marketing in a nutshell. <laughs> you sure did. That's perfect, and it's it's really something that that other people need to learn. So many people need to learn that, and I know I am really bad about the the just dumping posts and moving on because I just honestly don't want to be bothered. But if somebody makes a comment on one of the things that I post. I go back, and at the very least, I like it. Um, I'll thank them. That's a big thing that, that people don't consider important. Somebody likes or comments or shares your post, tell them thank you. And if yeah. they post something, like and share it. Um, one of our authors, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, um, S. Evan Townsend. Okay, he will um, like and or share posts of mine. And every time he does, I tell him, thank you. And then when I share things, he does the same thing. You know, so we go back and forth with that. And I really appreciate that. Of course, he's such a lovely man. You know, he's just a really super nice guy. And I love his books. And I can genuinely say to people, this is a great book, and I'll share his his link. So we go back and forth doing that for one another and being polite and sharing. And, you know, other people do it too, and I think it's great. I will miss things. Whole community. Yes. Whole community. (laughs) Exactly. And I will miss things, but um, when I notice that somebody's done this a lot, I may not respond every time. But I'll put a note on there and say, thank you. I really appreciate you doing this for me. And I appreciate all the times that you like and share. I may not always say it, but I do notice. And just little things like that, because maybe I don't have time to really comment on each one and say thank you on each one. And not only that, it like triples their list if I'm saying thank you to everything that they've done for me. It like triples the list of shit they've got to go through. So... I'll say thank you. I really appreciate all your likes and shares. And I leave it at one. And then they see it, and they know that I appreciate it. So, you know, manners, good manners count yeah, for a that's lot. What all, that's what it all comes back to is yeah. manners, emotional intelligence, being mm-hmm. good to people. It's just that's the basis of, of marketing. It's just yeah. it's so it's so simple, but on the flip side, People make it so hard. Yes, Yes, they do. (laughs) Well, we're almost at our our time. Thank you so much for all your wonderful information. I know you could probably go on for another two hours and and still not say everything, but I can't (laughs) wait till you've got that book to the point where you need beta readers because I will, as I've told you, excuse me, told you before, we'll happily beta read it for you and uh, see how much it helps me because I know it will. <laughs> Just got to get in there. And, and I, I 
like I said, I suffer from ADD, so my finding out these answers and learning this stuff is very hard. I need it right there in front of me, step by step by step, this is what you do, and then I'll be okay. But trying mm-hmm. to figure out that crap on my own, oh, yeah, it's, it's hard. Sort of, yeah, I get a kind of a panic attack in my check, my chest. I get this panic attack in my chest. Where I don't know. It's both. You get a panic attack in your check too. <laughs> That's a good possibility. <laughs> but thank you so much for your help and for all the information. And I think we're going to start doing this kind of thing more often because it really is important for people to hear this information and have a resource. So thank you so much, and I will see you later this month. Um, We are going to be chatting on February 27th. Uh, We're going to talk to R.J. Laszlo and Claire Roberts, and I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun because those are two ladies with lots of personality. We're going to have a great time. (laughs) So until next time, everybody, this is Delaney Oaks and Rachel Rubin. (laughs) Goodbye and have a blessed tomorrow.